I'm here at a Casual Connect in Seattle, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Andy Moore. I made uh, Steambirds. I'm uh, just incorporating my company, Radial Games. Um, Steambirds, I guess, is the the big title. Um, I also uh, slightly helped out Colin Northway on uh, Fantastic Contraption a few years ago, and a few other flops in between. Sure. Um, what is um, what's Steambirds about? All right. Well, Steambirds is um, a top-down, turn-based action dogfighting game. So it's it's a bit of a unique genre in that sense. Um, I, I really just felt that uh, the flash market didn't have any turn-based games in it. Sure. So I, I really wanted to bring that back because it seems like 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 the kids these days out playing on all the portals and everything, yeah. they haven't even heard of turn-based games. Yeah. And uh, I actually found that when I was making Steambirds, uh, not, not to jump ahead a bit too quickly, but uh, in the playtesting, uh, a big complaint was people didn't understand what turn-based meant. They, they actually sent me complaints saying, the planes aren't moving, why? So it's just... And is it multiplayer then, or are you turn-based against the computer? Yeah, so it's just AI turn-based against the computer. It's a single-player sure. experience. So um, I guess uh, a mistake that a lot of developers make is they spend like six, seven, eight, nine months on their dream game. Yeah. And the core mechanic, though they love it, doesn't resonate with the public. Yeah. And I'd made that mistake myself with, with a title, Protonaut, where, where I loved it, yeah. but it didn't resonate with the crowd. Okay. So I decided... And, and when did you realize it didn't resonate with the crowd? Let's, let's talk about some of oh, these yeah, other we'll mistakes see. that, oh, yeah, that yeah. people can learn from. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> well, like like Protonaut was uh, it's a platforming uh, puzzle game. It was just launched in our games like last week, so um, after Steambirds actually. But um, it was a game I spent a lot of time on and collaborated with uh, Greg Woolwind mainly from uh, Intuition Games, and uh, and uh, it was a game where I really believed in it and I think it had legs. But when I exposed it to the public. It didn't. Like, like yeah. people just disagreed with me, and that's that's fine. That's fair. But sure. well, did you also get user testing to see maybe it was something else in the game? Or? Yeah. See, that that was my problem. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do enough user testing with Protonaut. Um, I did hardly any, in fact. Um, I mean, I did user testing with my friends, and I did it with my family, but I never took it to a critical external source. And that was one of the biggest mistakes I made with Protonaut. And uh, that's one of the mistakes I decided to eradicate in Steambirds. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, and I made a bunch of other mistakes too. Just the long development time alone was yeah. a really stupid mistake. I mean, yeah. why would I spend like four, five, six months developing a game when I don't even know if it's going to work? Yeah. So. So, if you had to do it over again, you would have maybe pushed it out two or three weeks in and then seen what happened. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and when I started Steambirds, that's exactly what I did. Um, uh, Steambirds, uh, the core gameplay mechanic is just moving your plane around on the screen sure. and, and it flies every turn. Like, that, that's it. It's okay. really, really simple. Um, I actually had that finished in one weekend. Sure. So, two days of development and it was done. And. Uh, I then got like an artist on board and a music guy on sure. board, and, and we spent uh, about a month full-time work polishing that core mechanic, but well, no future advancement. Okay. Like we didn't iterate on that. We didn't make it into a big thing. Well, even while you're doing that, did you while you're doing that, did you actually get users to play the original mechanic, just start seeing what's going on, or did you feel that it needed to be polished before you got the feedback? Yeah. Well, like the first two days, uh, we had uh, like no feedback. It was just me slammed it out, done. Yeah. Right. Uh, the following month, like the polish phase was entirely user tested. Like, okay. everything was user tested. Um, I spent, like, cash money hiring user testers. Like, yeah. uh, And can you talk about how you found these user testers? I think this is something that people aren't used to, but maybe you can go on Craigslist and stuff like that. How did you, <laughs> how did you find these people? <laughs> well, um, 
Um, I actually reached out to a lot of people, um, a lot of social networking stuff. So, like, I sent out like uh, requests on Twitter. Like, I didn't just link the game. Like, sure. I vetted my my contacts and stuff. And I got my friends to invite their friends and their friends and you know like that kind of stuff. But uh, probably the biggest source was um, uh, the website FlashGameLicense.com. They have. Uh, a uh, service called First Impressions, sure. and it's one dollar for First Impression, and uh, for like, like majority, you get a whole bunch of freebies and discounts and stuff. But sure. generally, one dollar for uh, a First Impression, and what they'll give you is they'll force a random person to play your game for five minutes and write a review on it, which is gold. Yeah, like that's so gold. And the only qualification this user needs to have is they have to know how to use the mouse and keyboard. Awesome. They're all ages, all over the globe. Like, there's some people from China that don't even read English, and they're reviewing the game. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's this amazing service. So, I spent hundreds of dollars on that, getting user test, user test, user test, user test, and that experience redesigned most of the game. Like sure. uh, the way it's presented, um, the UI, the tutorial in particular was completely redesigned from scratch, like four times. Okay. due to user testing. So, did you see a progression of improvement as you were doing this and iterating? Um, can you talk about that? Can you talk about the difference in terms of comments initially versus comments towards the end? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, in this, uh, say, this first impression service in particular, um, people are given slots to give feedback on, like graphics, sound, gameplay, all that kind of stuff. But they can also rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 or whatever, and it gives you an aggregate score at the end. So, when I first submitted uh, the game for uh, about 20 reviews or so, um, um, it got an average score of about 4 out of 10. But okay. it was a really rough copy of the game, very sure. early copy of the game. Um, we made it our target right from the get-go to get it up to about 7.5 or 8. Yeah. And, and we got, like, uh, I think we got like 7.3 or something in the end. But it went through like 4 or 5 rounds of testing and it slowly incremented each time. And we addressed each user concern and we... Th we didn't react, like, uh, I think a big mistake is the knee-jerk reaction to every response. Yeah. You know, like, uh, one of my complaints was, um, uh, your tutorial's confusing, I was pounding the up arrow on my keyboard, and the planes weren't moving forward. Yeah. Your game's stupid, it sucks. Yeah. Now, a knee-jerk reaction would be, well, make the up arrow, make the plane go forward. Well, no. Like, yeah. I actually got to the core of the issue, which was the customer isn't understanding the core gameplay. Yeah. So I actually redesigned the tutorial to emphasize the core gameplay. So, okay. like, looking beyond the words and seeing the actual problem, and then fixing it, moving forward, like, that was a... It was a big thing that we did. So you polished it up over the month, and then you released it. What happens? And, and then are, are people more receptive then to this game compared to other games? Well, definitely. Like, um, and this was a Flash game too, right? Yes, yes. It's a Flash game released to Portals. Um, a lot of the, like, there's hundreds of new Portal games a day, and they're all unpolished, and I say 99% aren't even user-tested beyond sure. their core group of friends, right? And Like, they're protonauts, essentially, yeah. right? They're, they're the failures, right? But they never learn from their mistakes, and they just keep re-releasing the same mistakes. So I thought, okay, well, let's just actually get it right and see what happens. And, and that's what I did. I went and I corrected every single mistake I could identify and release super early so I didn't spend time on a failure. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, the, and the, the response was tremendous. Um, we got huge reviews. Uh, it's, it's kind of a tingly feeling even remembering it now, like when uh, Tycho of Penny Arcade was, uh, was ranting about how awesome it was on one of his posts one day. Like, I, I don't think I've seen another Flash game on, like mentioned on Penny Arcade before. So, like, awesome. that's, it felt really good. It felt really good. And so, once you released it, you got feedback. Um, what was your next step? Um, what, what, in, 
you know, um, were you looking to sell it on Flash Game License? Were you looking to get monetize it yourself? Can you talk about? Um, yeah, keeping it sustainable. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a bunch of monetization strategies out there, and uh, this really was a market test. Like, I always wanted Steambirds to be this, you know, too big, you know, like, like massively multiplayer, simultaneous, online, persistent world, you know, like, yeah. this huge thing. But really, it's just like a simple mission-based single-player game, right? Yeah. It's designed to be very, very simple, um, but it's not really the game I wanted. So there's always a future for the game if it was yeah. successful. Thankfully, it was successful. But, uh, I mean, it was... Uh... Oh, wait, I forget your question now. Oh, yeah, well, I just... What happened afterwards? Did you try to sell it on Flash yeah, Game yeah. License? Did you try to... Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, sponsors like buying games that haven't been released yet. Yeah. So all of this testing was private. Uh, there's no public beta. There's no open beta. And it, I didn't release it. Uh, I put it up for private bidding on Flash Game License uh, just to see the kind of response the professional community would give it, like the, the portal owners. How would they respond? Because I don't care how much uh, the fanboys praise it, right? Sure, if exactly. no one's willing to pay for it, then it doesn't mean anything, right? So I, I put it out to... Uh, for bidding on Flash Game License, and I was super surprised at the reaction. Um, it, it got uh, it, it got up to forty five thousand dollar bids awesome. on the initial sponsorship. Um, I actually ended up turning down those epic deals. Uh, I only I took a deal as only twenty five thousand uh, dollars with Armor Games. So the game. Congratulations! No, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I, was, I was super surprised that it was even possible. Yeah. But uh, it gives you like this huge infusion of of confidence in in the IP because suddenly you know it's valuable. Yeah. You know it's at least twenty five grand valuable in this current state, and this is the bare bones basic mechanic. Yeah. Never mind what the, the actual explored mechanic will be, right? So uh, it was about twenty five thousand dollars from Armor Games as an upfront sponsorship. Um, I went with them instead of the forty five thousand dollar deal because the forty five thousand dollar deal had exclusivities and. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, rights to first refusal, and like the terms of the deal were yeah. horrible. But Armor Games just gave me like one week exclusivity, and then the rest was like free for all. So, so does that mean that they just pay you upfront, or how does that work? Yeah. So Armor Games gave me twenty a check for twenty five thousand dollars. I let them awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was the biggest check I've ever received. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's a testimonial to also the different process that you use too, right? Yeah. Which is something, and you invested even paying dollars getting user testers. I think that's... Yeah, well that's that's a step and beyond like 99% yeah. of all Flash yeah. games out there. So, I mean, I definitely put in a bit of investment. Um, but, I mean, Armored Games made back their money. Like, awesome. they, they didn't take a loss on it for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but they, they deserve the lion's share of this because they're the ones that took the risk on the property. Sure. But, but still, I mean, they're super nice about it, and, and I love dealing with Armored Games for that reason. But uh, over the course of, it was launched about four months ago, five months ago, sure. it's made about 40 grand now in secondary licensing deals, ad revenues, all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a success. Especially considering I'm like a one-man team. Yeah. Uh, like I had, uh, I had uh, Daniel Cook help me game design and art. Uh, he's invaluable, and I got some uh, artists or music, music and uh, sound effects on board okay. as well. So I shared some of the money out, but 
for one guy to receive a check for forty thousand dollars, you know, yeah. for for a game, like that's a huge boost of confidence in the future of the game. Okay, so you have this boost of confidence. What are you thinking now? I mean, what's what's next in store? Well, now now I feel confident that my original vision for the game can actually be executed and has a chance at winning. You know, I, I want to point out one other interesting thing. So you had this grand vision for your game yeah. at first, but you kind of narrowed it down and found something, mm. and from that you got feedback. You just now you have a sustainable income while you can kind of move towards that vision. Is that is that your goal now, or is that is that your plan, or would you recommend that? Because I know everyone's like, hey, I want to make this huge kind of MMO, whatever, and then it's just like, to go from zero to that seems challenging. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you just look at the state of the Flash industry, and like, the numbers are this. It's like, there's like 100 new Flash games a day. On average, they will sell for, uh, they'll generate $2,000 lifetime revenue. Okay. Like, it's it's okay, and and the average game it takes two weeks to make. Yeah, that's that's actually decent. That's, yeah, that's that decent. Shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like oh, uh, anybody in their basement can make a flash and, game. And to and be fair, it. that's only ad based. That's not if people actually run their own virtual currency or ad model, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But see, that takes a lot of back end and a lot sure. of thinking, which no one wants to do. So that's not the average game. Okay. So so <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the, the average game makes like two grand. So the average game is a two week unpolished, horribly thought out, bad graphics game. Yeah. So my whole thing was, well, why don't I spend four weeks on something that's actually good and yeah. see what happens? And it was rewarded. And uh, as I look at it, like I think uh, there's like seven or eight other games in particular that did the same thing on Flash Game License, and yeah. they all got huge sponsorships as well. Cool. So it, it is a thing. If people actually try, they will make money. But no one's and, willing to try. Well, to be fair, also, you did get help from other people. I mean, that's. Yeah. I just want to point out that yeah. I've seen a lot of developers kind of, okay, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> but because you had to work with other people, maybe that coordination helped? Um, uh, yeah, it definitely did. I mean, uh, I failed previously. Um, I, I made a game, Space Squid. I think, for, I think you can buy the entire source code for Space Squid right now for $5. Okay. And I haven't had a single bite. And that's been like a year and a half for sale. Like, it's, it's a complete failure. Uh, Protonaut, um, up until like last week, made zero dollars and it's like a year old sure. right so those are failures and those are things that I tackled myself and I thought I could handle and I thought I knew what's best and I thought I like I'm a game designer yeah I think I can do it and I actually have dreams of these games where I think that they will succeed but it's I had to take a step back and say okay I didn't fail because of bad luck yeah. I failed because something's wrong. Now let's figure out what's wrong. And what's wrong is I'm not honest with myself. Yeah. I can't step back. It's not possible for me to step back from a game and say, this isn't fun. Yeah. Because it's fun to me, right? Exactly. I can't see. Like, it's really hard for me to see the public perspective. So working with Daniel Cook was so valuable because he's a complete, honest partner. Is that is that the puzzle pirates guy? Or is that? Oh uh, no, 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 that's Daniel James. That's Daniel fault. James. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, Daniel Cook. He uh, works for Microsoft. Um, he made uh, the Flash game Bunny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, LostGarden.com is his blog. Yeah, I just interviewed him. So. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. well, that, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So um, like he's. Like, he couldn't convince me that I needed game design help. Yeah. When he first came on to Steambirds, he, he signed on as an artist. Yeah. But he, that's kind of like the gateway drug, right? Yeah. But now I can't live without his game design skills. Like, he's a genius in game design. Yeah. And, uh, and, and at being super honest, he has this phenomenal ability to step back from any project yeah. and look at all the flaws. Like, I'm a programmer. I'm proud of every line of code I write. 
it pains me to cut a feature from the game. Yeah. But he just tells me straight up, dude, you have to cut it because it's not fun. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Well, no, but I put so much work into it. And he's like, that doesn't so, matter. So I guess I guess this concept of even honesty, I mean, just yes. brutal honesty um, mm-hmm. with if something didn't go as planned, be brutally honest about why it didn't instead of just saying, okay, I'll do better next time or whatever, just yeah. honest assessment, you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I, I did a talk yesterday uh, here at Casual Connect, um, and part of it, uh, you can find the slides in the talk online, it was all filmed. Sure. Um, I listed 12 significant flaws with my previous games, sure. and finding those flaws were, like, heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, because every time I listed a flaw, it's like, like, this is a bullet point on why I can't make it on my own. Right, and no independent developer wants to find those bullet points because yeah. you want to believe. Like, and there's going to be the one in a million person that will succeed on their own. They're going to yeah. be the magic guy that has the magic formula, like sure. from his DNA or whatever. But, but everyone's going to think they're him. Yeah, and you need someone else to slap you in the face and say, "Dude, no." <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with just co-collaboration, getting feedback from users. Just no, that alone not. is is a huge. Well, improvement, I think. Um, it, yeah, so, feel- yeah, yeah. So, find getting getting input from your users, uh, user testing, uh, reviews, things like that. They help, but I find a lot of developers get defensive when it comes from an external source. Yeah. So when a cu- when a player tells me that my game sucks, yeah. I'm like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But when a peer tells me that my game sucks, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. okay. Well, now I have to listen to you. You know, and let, let's figure this out. So, like, actually figuring that and working working it all through is, like, a big part of the polish phase of Steambirds. Okay. So, what's next in store? Um, are you going to do now backend? Are you going to start learning the MySQL or database stuff? Or what's, yeah, what are your thoughts on the future um, now that you have this kind of better understanding of what it takes to win? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, now that I know that, like... Like, I wasn't going to put a year and a half of work or something into this big MMO version of Steambirds if people didn't like the core concept of Steambirds. Now I know people do like it, so I'm able to go and make the game I actually wanted to make. But I'm also incredibly lazy. I'm this horrible... Yeah. I, I'm the worst employee ever. <laughs> um, my my previous work is a lot of PHP, MySQL stuff. like that. Oh, I awesome. used to do that for Perfect. companies and businesses and stuff. Yeah. But I don't want to do it. It's not fun. Yeah. So I've actually hired other guys to do that for me, for Steambirds. Awesome. So, so for, for the next iteration of Steambirds. So I've got guys working on the, the server maintenance, database implementation. i got Daniel Cook and uh, David Edry, their company, Spryfox. Uh, they're working on the business back end and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm still entirely in charge of uh, well, collaborating with Daniel Cook on the game design, but I'm completely in charge of programming the client, like the actual gameplay experience. And so when is the next um, iteration going to come out? Yeah, this year. So it's, well, it's already that, partially done. Is that kind of long though? I mean, given yeah. that you've succeeded with the one month cycle, how, how are you going to reconcile that with, now that you have a lot more resources and yep. money maybe to spend on it, is that going to get in the way of your success? Um, <laughs> okay, if I wanted to be ultra successful, I would have done it all myself, and it would have taken me two years. So um, I haven't even written the first line of code yet, yeah. and it will be done within the next three, four months. Okay. So, well, even three or four months, is that too long? That's, that's my main concern. But it took me a month to get the core gameplay down. Okay. So if I want to even, like, like even balancing multiplayer gameplay mechanics, that's going to take me a month at least. Okay. At least. Like, that's super optimistic. So there's a lot of gameplay balance and user testing and all sorts of things that have to go on. A lot of frameworks have to be tested, uh, server interactions, all that kind of stuff. Keeping bandwidth down, like, that's a it's, a, it's a huge chore. I don't know, though. I mean, 
bandwidth optimization may not matter at first. I think I think is that pretty much your optimization at this point? I mean, once you get players, because players will fix everything, right? In terms of hey, you've got a lot of players. Now it's worthwhile to fix it. If you try to prematurely optimize everything else and you don't have players, I mean, I've just seen this issue happen. Yeah. So I don't know how you're gonna. What you're thinking? Because you've yeah. been through this kind of similar experience, right? Like, yeah, I have. I mean, like, uh, it would be different. It would be a very different plan if Steambirds had a lukewarm response. I was planning on going ahead with Steambirds multiplayer as long as I made a decent sponsorship. But because I made like the top ten of sponsorships of all time, yeah. it's kind of giving me a bit more. Uh, I- I'm throwing a bit more caution to the wind, and I'm going all gusto. Okay. Um, so, I mean, because of the success of the initial version, I am taking more risks, but. I was also uh, on the on the Fantastic Contraption uh, doing community management when it first launched, and yeah. it first launched on a shared host yeah. with no database optimizations or anything. And I have this awesome MS Paint graph of of uh, how many times we upgraded the server, how many times the server like almost literally melted, how many times we had to switch hosts. Like in the in the span of sure, one but... month, we had to switch servers like five times. Okay, but because we didn't do those steps. Sure. And the only reason it was a problem is because we had explosive growth. Yeah. Right. Did you guys know it was going to blow up beforehand? We oh. didn't. Okay. Yeah. So that's okay. what it was. It caught us off guard. So now I know what's coming. I know I have a popular game. I know I have a popular title. I know as soon as this launches, I'm going to get bombed with traffic, and I have to be ready for that. Okay. I can't launch with the half-assed hosting solution. Okay. So all that, all that pre prerequisite stuff has to go into place. If someone else is making an untested game, I would say whatever. Just get your like I use nearlyfreespeech.net. They they charge uh, they charge you on the bandwidth you use. You don't even pay a minimum hosting fee. It's like my personal website that gets no hits. I pay like a dollar a month on it. Right? Okay. That's fine hosting if you have an untested game. But when you have a popular game where I'm getting emails every day of fans saying, when's the multiplayer version coming, yeah. that's not going to hack it. Can, you, can we talk about also marketing? Since you're getting emails directly from fans, are you doing any special marketing? Are you going to build up your fan base? In? And um, what about virtual currency and stuff like that? Are you looking into those kind of business models to keep your to turn it into like a huge business, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, the only money I really got from Steambirds was licensing it out to websites. Um, There was a tiny bit of ad revenue, but I hate ads and ads are hard to monetize and it's it's a bullshit market. So I said, uh, basically, it's some very basic uh, monetization scheme there. I wasn't even really looking for money. I just yeah. wanted to test the market. So uh, Steambird's the full version. It's going to have like full microtransactions and like social networking and all the big buzzwords of today. Um, I basically want to turn it, you know, to like like. I, I hope one day it'll reach like a Farmville-like status, sure. except without being so evil. <laughs> sure. um, then does that mean you're gonna forego sponsorship for the second version, or how does that work? Um, I I will be in the classical sense, but I'm hoping to come to agreements with the sponsors. So like, I'd love it if uh, like Dan from Armor Games helped me out so much in the first version. Yeah. I'd love if I can make like like a special Armor Games plane that's only available for purchase if you play on the Armor Games website. Okay, awesome. I don't care because I get the credit card number in the end, right? It doesn't matter to me. The more places my game exists, the better it is. So I'm talking to everyone. I want to get my my game everywhere. I want it to be on handhelds, on every single website. I don't want to own it and control it and keep it myself because that's a horrible business model and it's hard to retain your customers that way. I want this game to live everywhere. Um, Any suggestions then for other indie game developers looking to do their own projects or even students? Um, 
Oh yeah, well, <laughs> basically, don't make the game you want to make. Yeah. Make the game to test the game you want to make. Okay. Um, I've seen so many people, like uh, this guy in Vancouver uh, who made Paper Zombies, or Attack of the Paper Zombies. It's this awesome indie RTS game that I would have paid 20 or 30 bucks for. Like, I, I spent a, an entire weekend playing that. I played more of that than I've played Command and & Conquer. Okay. And it's just a little indie game. But he didn't think it was worth it. He didn't think, because it wasn't his big idea. It was yeah. just a test. So he didn't charge for it. It's free. You can go to his website right now and get it. Yeah. And that drives me nuts. He could have made enough money selling that to fund the big game. Yeah. But I guess uh, so many indie developers have this complex where they think that their work isn't good enough unless it equals Team Fortress or something, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just not true. If you ask people for money, they'll give it to you. But nobody asks for money. Yeah. I so, think part of it is just being financially illiterate, too. A lot of the indies don't know about the opportunities out there, even Flash Game License. Uh, I know yeah. people are kind of getting used to that, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even know that you, the average game, poor quality game, makes $2,000. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. That blew me away when I found that out. Like, I, I gave some talks to some students, and uh, I put up a slide saying the average game sucks and blah, 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 and makes two grand. Yeah. And they, like, hooted and applauded at that, saying, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm like, no, wait, wait, that isn't the point. <laughs> yeah. The next slide says how much you could make if you actually try, you know? And it's just this... Did, yeah. did it get them started on making these games then, or for oh, the students? Or no? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, this last uh, conference I went to, is a small school in New Brunswick, uh, and, uh, and I don't think many people are planning on doing a game jam at the end of the conference. But after we gave them these talks and showed them what they could do, we actually went and, and all did the game jam together. And everyone was super excited and super pumped and learning new technologies while we were doing the game jam. Yeah. And uh, the game uh, uh, me and my, my team made uh, actually got sponsored for $1,000 awesome. in 24 hours. So how did, how did the team feel once that happened? Oh, like, just super stoked. Like, imagine you put in 24 hours worth of effort and you get a grand. Yeah. Like, that's... Um, um, and was it in Flash or was it something else? Yeah, I, I chose Flash, but I, I don't um, I don't emphasize the platform. Okay. I love Flash. I use Flash exclusively, but that's not to say I'm a Flash evangelist. Okay. I simply use the platform that connects me to the most people. Gotcha. And Flash is currently the platform for that. Um, okay. PHP arguably has a bigger install base than Flash does, sure. but there's no PHP portals. Yeah. And it's hard to monetize PHP. So, but I mean, if you're thinking like XNA, XBLA, XBLAG, PSN, yeah. or, or the portable PS3, and you compare any of those numbers to Flash, and it's completely, like, it's it's a no-brainer. Okay. Just So yeah. any other suggestions then for students who um, want to make their own games? Um, so, so this Game Jam concept seems to be very po powerful yeah. for getting people. Yeah, yeah. The Game Jam concept is, is awesome. And uh, all the big Game Jam uh, organizations, like uh, TIG Jam from, from the TIG Source Forums and stuff, and uh, like Toad Jam from Toronto, and like there's a whole bunch of get global Game Jam. The one of, the, if you talk to the founders, they'll say one of the reasons is uh, for sponsoring these is just bringing the realization to people that you can actually create a game in a day, yeah. or or two days, or a weekend, or even a week sometimes. Um, or I think a UK group did uh, their last jam, and they did a game every three hours. Like, like I can't even do that. But the fact that it's possible 
is it's inspiring. Yeah. And you think people put like six months of effort into a game just to get canned or not even picked up or or worse, doesn't even get finished. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. So I'd say advice for students is like number one, finish your games. Number two, finish them as soon as possible and as bare bones as possible. You don't want to spend a year making your dream game if you're not sure that it's gonna be a success. Yeah. And the only way to be sure it's a success is to be successful with it earlier. Yeah. But what if people say, you know what, who cares if it's a success? Yeah. I just want to make something that's my dream. I think what might be interesting to point out is that it's not about, it's just being able to communicate your dream game the best way possible. And part of that requirement is to make sure you have something up front so you can get feedback on how you can modify it so that it communi- since you communicate your vision. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I, am, I am some friends with some game designers all over the world, and, and some of them we've gotten into these exact arguments about, and uh, they say, you know what, I don't care about money whatsoever. Yeah. I just want to make the game I want to make. And that's totally cool. I totally respect that. Sure. But I, I want to make this my job. I don't yeah. want to work that desk job anymore. I don't want to be in the cubicle. I don't want to be living in my parents' basement. You know, like, I, I want to be... I don't want to be a success. I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to be a rock star. I simply want to make games for the rest of my life. Sure. If someone cut me a check right now for the like minimum wage for the rest of my life, I would take it and make a game a month. Like that's all I need, right? But some people that's that's not enough. Like some people they need the creative freedom to make whatever they want. And if it's success or not, that's fine. They'll deal with it, but they have to work that Wendy's job or they have they have to, you know, and, and that's not something I can do. So that's not a sacrifice I can make. I, I want this to be my job and my only job. Okay. And is there a website or blog that you have that people can check up on and find out about your latest games or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, andymore.ca. Um, uh, is, and or, how do you spell that? A-N-D-Y. Yeah, A-N-D-Y-M-O-O-R-E.ca. Um, it's my, my personal blog. I, I've posted everything there. Um, all my game design notes from all my games, all the numbers, the contract negotiations, like every single thing you could ever want to know about any of my games is all posted clear to the public and like it's completely transparent. So Great. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it.